Welcome to RTC Services, A Place at the Table. We invite you to join us in our journey of educating, advocating, and honoring those in our community facing disabilities. Join us for season one of A Place at the Table to learn more about the challenges the developmentally disabled face and options that support them living their best lives. At RTC, we believe that our community is better when everybody works. Thank you for joining us for our debut podcast, RTC's A Place at the Table. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. Joining me today is our Executive Director, Tanya Reed. Welcome, Tanya. I am so glad you're here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been working with RTC for the last 28 years. I never dreamed that this is what I would be doing. I actually started college for music business in Nashville. And after doing that for a year, decided that is not what I wanted to do. And um, came back here to Bell Fountain and actually started, um, was hired to be a substitute teacher with Discovery Center. And um, at the time, Susan Holy Cross Jones, um, she asked me if I would want to try working with the adults. And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> Absolutely fell in love with that. Continued working with RTC and with adults with developmental disabilities. Uh, went back to, to college and uh, finished my degree in that area and have just continued to do different jobs for RTC along the way until my current one. So you literally have done it all from children to running the entire RTC yes, <laughs> services. I, I even subbed uh, at the high school. Where they At that time, um, okay. Dee Dee had teachers who were working at the high school, and so I even did some of that working with the kids at the high school. Of all the jobs you've done, which is many and probably all of them that we have, what was your favorite? I would say that probably my favorite was running the job club. We had so much fun, and I was fortunate to get to start that service, so it was really kind of my baby. Oh, yeah. The guys who participated with the job club, it was just a really fun group of people, and we got to go do a lot of really fun things, and I have a lot of great memories hanging out with them, so... The job club was started. I was working in the community employment department and helping people get jobs in the community. And at that time, we didn't have as many day programs as we do now. So pretty much production was it for folks. When people left the production floor and got their job, they missed their friends. And so sometimes we were finding that people would sabotage their job so they would get fired so they could come back and be with their friends. So we started the job club as a way for folks who had jobs in the community. At that time, we got together two times a month. One time we had a meeting and it was more educational. Many of these individuals were living on their own. So, you know, it might be about cooking or fire safety or just learning something in our community. And then the other time was just something fun to get together so they could spend time together. We once a year, we would take a weekend trip. They started in state. We grew eventually to where there were some really cool out of state trips. And uh, they did fundraisers to earn the money. So it turned into a, I want to get a job because I want to be in the job club, which was really cool too. Yeah. So, um, which is kind of the goal. Yeah. Yeah. It, but it just enhanced that. Oh, that's really awesome. I didn't know that people didn't, <laughs> were quitting jobs or getting fired, probably. Yeah. So. You got here by accident. What made you stay once you got here? I just really loved working with this population. I mean, of course, there are challenging days, but overall just found it easy and enjoyed the people I was working with and 
enjoyed making a difference. When I was still working in the facility with people, you know, helping them gain new skills and seeing them achieve goals was really cool. And Mm -hmm. then helping people get jobs in the community and watch them be successful. And then because they got this job, they were able to move out on their own and get an apartment and just all of the really cool milestones. I remember working with one young lady and and I got to know her mom and dad really well. And they were very skeptical about her being able to live on her own. And um, I just knew that she could do it over many years, you know, getting to know them, getting to know her, working with her in her job. And eventually she was able to get a place on her own. And it's just really cool to see people grow that way and to see families have the trust to, to allow their family member to try that and, and be there to support them. And so the family did trust by the time she had reached that pinnacle, they were okay with it. Yes. That's awesome. You have been in this business for 20 years plus, probably? Close to 30. Close to 30 yeah. years. So what are some of the changes that you've seen, both positive and negative, that have come over the years for the, the population that we serve? So one thing that's interesting, I used to hear people say, and now I can say that it is true, is that you almost see this pendulum swing. So we, we will move everything one way, and that is like the right best thing to do. And then five to 10 years later, it's like, oh, wait a minute, we should be doing this. And then you'll see the pendulum swing back the other way. So I've now been around long enough to kind of see some of that happen. I think, fortunately, uh, Logan County has been a little different. They they didn't always follow um, whatever was happening. So just with the leadership that we had at that time, um, which would have been Joe Mancuso as the superintendent, uh, he really believed in community employment. And so we were helping people get jobs in the community way before the state was uh, really pushing it and before employment first was a thing and, and just before all of that. And right. they, the county board at that time supported it by you know, I was in an employment specialist position along with Don Oswald, so they had both of us dedicated to helping folks keep their jobs, get jobs, keep them, be those long-term supports, run the job club. They had transportation to help people get back and forth to their jobs. So I just feel like they had a, a really progressive view on that even back in the 90s. RTC Services is built on the fundamental ideology that there is a place for everyone. We offer several programs to maximize our clients' chances for success. Whether they need day programs, transitions, vocab, or employment, we will work with them to find their place. RTC is proud to offer this podcast a place at the table. And even before that, when they built industries, it was actually a group of people that wanted to see their their children be successful. And... It's no secret that the folks that led that was one of the folks, one of the couples that led that was the Ross family. Yes. Because that's the R in RTC. Yes. And we still have the, at the time, young man who his parents were, Grace and Bernard Ross. He's still here. He's had a job at Industries. He's worked in the community for 17 years, and now he comes to our day programs. Mm -hmm. So he's been here longer than you. Yes. Um, (laughs) Dennis Ross, he is one of my favorite people. Um, And and I feel really fortunate to have gotten to know him so well and to know his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, She was such a neat lady. And 
when I really came into Dennis's life is when he got his job at McDonald's and I, I worked with him a lot in at McDonald's, learning to wash dishes, learning to run the grill. And that was one of the things when, when I talked to Dennis, it was like, hey, you know, McDonald's wants you to try to, to learn. We're going to do the hamburgers at lunchtime on the grill. And he, he looked at me with the shocked face and he says, Tanya, don't they know I'm retarded? I, oh my. Said, I said, Dennis, we all know that you can do this. Um, yeah. <laughs> And he did, and he did fantastic. He he learned how to do that. He ran the grill at lunchtime. He did dishes. He loved McDonald's. He always said, uh, "I love McDonald's, and they love me." That yep. was his big line. But and they still talk about him. Yes, they do. Um, but but his mom was was such a neat lady, and I think she had such a vision for our folks. You know, they they work so hard to start what is now RTC Industries, our production facility, and. I think it could have been really easy to be in her position and not want Dennis to go do other things. Like mm-hmm. we worked really hard to build this facility, this program for you to do this, but she wholeheartedly supported him working in the community and yeah. not wanting to be there and, and to go learn and do more things. Like she was his biggest fan for that. So I think that was great. And, you know, she always had a vision to serve as many people as we could. So she was really excited to hear about the things that we were doing and, how we were trying to grow things and serve more people. Um, she was really excited about that. I think the best compliment Grace ever gave me, uh, she told me one day that she said, honey, if you were a few years older and I was a few years younger, we really could have raised some hell together. <laughs> I thought that was a great compliment yeah. coming from Grace Ross. Yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> and not, not, not the vision I had of her. So that's really, it, it adds a little fun to her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was a very fun lady. Talk a little bit about where the funding comes. Funding comes from a lot of different places, which which is important. One thing that we have worked really hard to do um, as a leadership team and with our board is to be as diverse as possible with our funding sources and basically not try to have all of our eggs in one basket. In case something does go awry in one area, but for our day services, which is mostly for people with developmental disabilities uh, who are receiving county board services, we are paid for that through Medicaid waivers, so through Medicaid dollars. Also, if someone's not on a waiver, the county board might pay for them to come, or if they live in an intermediate care facility, which we refer to as an ICF, it's a group home where people need 24-hour care and supervision they might even pay for them to come to a day service. And then for our employment services, um, some of the same things. We, for some long-term supports for individuals, if they have a Medicaid waiver, some of that um, might be taken care of through their waiver um, or through the county board. But a lot of our employment services comes from the state through what we call OOD, Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. Through that program, we're able to work with a broader range of people with disabilities and help them explore good job options and help them find a job and provide the supports that they need to to learn the job and stay on the job. We have a transition program, which has been um, really successful and has grown by leaps and bounds. Um, And most of that is through a contract with the county board, uh, and that allows, we have two transition specialists who go in and work with kids at the schools. They do classes here. They do outings. They do all kinds of things. They can go volunteer with them one-on-one, so they're gaining skills. And then a lot of those kids also participate in our summer program, 
which is connected with OOD. They pay for that to do like summer work experiences so the kids can try different jobs. While they're with a job coach and they're earning money, they get a paycheck. Oh, it is. There are a lot of funding sources. And then transportation. <laughs> right. Um, it's a whole other. Um, there's a lot of funding sources with transportation. Our main one would be ODOT. But then the other funding sources could be a Medicaid waiver again. And it, a lot of local contracts with businesses, Area Agency on Aging, United Way. There's multiple. That doesn't help with supporting people and getting employment. So how did you go about getting the entire county's transportation. <laughs> that was another thing that was not planned, but kind of <laughs> happened. In 2008, RTC started doing transportation only for people with disabilities to get to work. So we kind of took that piece over. The The privatization journey for RTC from the county board was a long, long time. We were fully privatized by 2016, but it started with moves like this back in 2008. So we took over this piece of transportation instead of the county board, RTC did it. And that was how we first got involved in transportation. We then found out about funding through ODOT um, called New Freedom Funding, which gave some dollars for helping people with disabilities um, get to work, which then allowed us to expand our transportation to cover anybody with a disability oh. to get back and forth to work. So that worked really well with our employment services. So all the same people we were helping to get jobs, we could also help get to their job, right? Um, which is a critical piece for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, there, there are many individuals with disabilities who drive, but there are many who do not drive. Yeah. So their family members are working and doing things too, right. so they can't always get them back and forth to work. So it is really important to have that transportation service. So we... We're really one of the few transportation providers in town at that time, aside from the public transportation at that time known as TLC. When things kind of fell apart there in 2014, the commissioners approached us because we were a local transportation provider and asked if we would consider taking this on. And our board um, talked very seriously and, and you know, um, really looked at that, but in the end really felt that that fit well for us because the folks that we're dedicated to serving really need that service. They, mm -hmm. they need to get to medical appointments. They need to right. get to the grocery store. They need it for all kinds of reasons. And it's just so important for our whole community. So they felt, you know, not only did it support our mission of working with people with disabilities, but it was also just a really good thing for us to do for our community. So that's the plethora of things that RTC offers to the community. What do you see, like you said, you've been in almost 30 years. What challenges do you still see that have maybe that are new or have been here for a while that just haven't quite gotten solved yet? I think as probably most businesses would, would say right now, having enough workers is definitely a challenge. You know, having really good people who care about the people that we serve and, and do really good work, sometimes it can feel very challenging <laughs> to find everyone that we need. Um, now we have fantastic staff. We have really great people, but sometimes it feels like we could use a few more and that would be, be really good. I would say one of the biggest challenges that we have right now would be dealing with very challenging behaviors. I think that's an area that just through all the changes of providers privatizing from county boards and trainings changing from when I first started, all of our trainings were in person. We drove places and spent two days learning about behavior management, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. 
it just isn't that way anymore. That's more right. online training and courses. Things are streamlined. But I, I don't know that we get the in-depth, really good training like we used to. And it can be very challenging and very daunting for staff to to understand how to handle severe challenge, severe behavior. So Right. So as we get ready to wind up our time here, why should someone work at RTC Services? Well, I think it's a great place to work. That's why I've stayed. Yeah. <laughs> I really do feel that it is. A different place. I feel like we intentionally try to make it a good place to work. Mm-hmm. We want it to be a good atmosphere. Um, we want to be very family friendly, flexible. You know, we, we really do mean all of those things. People work hard and a lot of days we have a lot of fun. Some days we're really tired when it's over. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, everyone has those kinds of days, but I, I really do think it's a great place to work. And I think that people feel very fulfilled from helping people and seeing them grow. I think that's why people stay and why they love their jobs. Yeah. And and I can tell you one of one of your employees talks often about how lots of places say they're fan, family friendly, but truly this place is family friendly. And I I've, I've been here a shorter time than most people, but I see it all the time when people need to be home with their family that is just the priority. It, it's not even a question for anybody. Even if it means other people have to step up, they just do. Mm-hmm. And so it really, to me, that's been one of the greatest things. That and the client. I love being around the clients. You know, it has, that just brings me so much joy. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and I don't think that people realize what a joyful job this can be. Not to say it's not hard, especially when you're working mm-hmm. with the clients, but man, it, there's nothing like the joy you feel when you walk in this building. Yes. Thank you, Tanya, for taking time out of your busy day to just explain to people a little bit about who we are and what we do. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Place at the Table. Until next time, I'm your host, Anita Wilkinson, wishing you a table full of love and joy.